Hello everybody, I am recording live in our Facebook group and I'm also recording this separately on the camera and on uh, audio only as a way to share this information more broadly across a variety of platforms. <laughs> I thought I was actually sharing um, in the group a minute ago and I am not sure that it was working so I'm just uh, trying to give this another go around and I think actually I just got the same message pop up saying that I was not sharing and now I am sharing so hopefully this is going through to everywhere that it's supposed to be going. So the the content of what I want to talk about today is about uh, what has happened at the U.S. Capitol, and um, I, I it's been a couple days. It's Friday today, January eighth, and it's two days after I um, after the events happened at the Capitol, and I wasn't really sure what to say, and and so I didn't um, I, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to say the wrong thing, and and I went out for a bike ride this morning and. And it sort of clarified for me what it was that I wanted to say. And so that's why if you're watching this on video, you're probably seeing a bit of a stripe across my forehead and I'm freshly showered because I kind of came back and was on fire about what, what it was that I wanted to say. Um, and so you're sort of hearing my relatively raw and edited thoughts. And I'm a little nervous about sharing those with you, uh, which is why you probably hear this in my voice. Um, so I want to start with talking with our children about uh, the uh, events that have happened at the Capitol, uh, because I'm hearing questions in uh, Facebook groups and other places online of parents want to have these kinds of conversations with their children, but they don't know how to do it. Or they're thinking, OK, maybe my children are too young to understand what's going on and I don't want to scare them. And I'm not sure if I'm going to have a conversation with them at all. And so I have published resources on this before. I actually have a post on uh, how to talk with your child about Black Lives Matter. And I think that a lot of the principles that are discussed in there are very similar. Um, we want to do it in an age appropriate way. We uh, want to lead with their questions. And so um, I think ideally this will come from them being out in the world and they'll see things that they're curious about and they'll ask about them. And, uh, and that will lead into a conversation on these topics. But if we are not out so much lately, as many of us are not, and maybe we don't have the news on all the time, and, and so their exposure to it may be much less than it otherwise would have been. And so, well, what can we do when, uh, when that's the case and we're not sure how to bring the conversation up? Well, I would say the first thing we can do is to talk about it with a, a spouse or significant other or another adult over dinner or over some other period of time where it's natural for you to have a conversation and to, uh, to just talk about what's on your mind, what's been in the news today, what, how is today's developments casting new light on, on uh, what we're thinking about, what happened at the, the U.S. Capitol. And pretty soon your child is probably going to say, what are you talking about? Or something that indicates that they're interested in this topic. And I think that that can be a jumping off point for you to uh, try and give some background. And, and ideally that this won't be the first conversation that you will have had on current events like this. And, and you'll be able to talk about uh, in context Donald Trump and uh, the policies that he has been enacting and the ways that he talks to people and who he talks to. And, uh, and so that will provide you with the context that you need to, uh, to then describe what has happened. 
um, when they have questions, we can answer their questions clearly and directly and uh, also not be afraid to say when we don't know because there's a lot that we don't know. Um, and, and we don't have to put across the impression that we do know everything to our children all the time. I think it's also fine to share how we feel about the events with our children. Um, it's, it's important for them to see that our words and what we're saying match our demeanor. If we are clearly afraid about something, but we're sort of saying, oh, don't worry about it, it's fine, um, then they, what they're learning from that is, well, I can see that my parent is not fine, but they're telling me fine, they're telling me everything's fine, something really important is going on here. Um, or they may see, well, I, I just don't trust my own ability to judge how other people uh, are reacting because I can, I'm getting these mixed messages and I don't understand which one to prioritize. It must be what my parent is saying. And so I must not be capable of, of judging uh, how, how their nonverbal reactions are supporting that message. Um, and so I think behind a lot of these questions around, well, should I talk to my child? What should I say to my child? There's, there's this big issue of privilege and of having the luxury to make that decision um, and to, uh, to decide what we're going to say and, and to be able to make a decision to choose to say things that don't scare our children. Um, and not all parents have the luxury to do this. Um, so if you're, if you're coming at these conversations for the first time, then uh, welcome. <laughs> um, there, is, there are resources that I've published available to help you. Uh, there, a number of them are collected at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash race. Uh, there's actually one on how to talk with your child about Black Lives Matter. And I think that a number of the principles that are discussed in that post are also very applicable here. Um, and the kind of script that you can use to build on their questions will also be helpful as you're navigating this kind of conversation. So, so that's the, the issue of talking with our children about this topic. But I think that there's a broader issue that I want to make sure isn't neglected because um, it, it, I think it's really critical to examine what is our role in this system, in the system that has made it uh, feel to some people like Donald Trump is the uh, the best option who's available to me and what he says is what I'm going to do. Because I think that it's really easy to point to those people and say, well, those people are racist and I'm not like them. Um, and, and it's all their fault, their problem. Uh, and instead, I think that we all need to uh, examine our role in the system that has created these events and to take action related to that. And so, well, what does that mean? Well, I worked for a consulting company for a long time and uh, I worked in sustainability consulting for a number of years, uh, which I really enjoyed, but it, came, it became apparent that there was a point in time where it was obvious people, companies were not willing to pay the premiums <laughs> that my company wanted to sell this work for. And so I was on the verge of getting laid off and uh, an executive that I'd worked with previously uh, who appreciated my work said, you should come work on my team. And I said, sure. And so uh, we were in a portion of the business where we were selling outsourcing services and other things as well, technology implementation, but we were also selling outsourcing services. And so uh, what I was essentially doing was supporting proposal development work. And uh, so directly involved in selling um, the, uh, 
the company's services related to outsourcing in countries like India and the Philippines, um, which would take jobs away from American citizens and outsource them to those companies where it's cheaper to operate. And I, I remember reading in the news several years ago now that my company would force the American workers to train their new replacements on their jobs as a condition of receiving severance pay. And so, you know, I don't want to point to you and say, you, you are the problem. You, you listeners, you watchers are the problem because we, we are all part of this problem. I was selling work that was taking jobs away from people who are, who many of them now are supporting Donald Trump and, and sending that to other countries. And of course, there's a lot of, um, of complexity involved here. Maybe I was involved in lifting the standard of living for somebody who was in those countries. It's not cut and dry, but, but I am not uh, uninvolved in this system and neither are you. No matter where you sit in life, you have a role to play in this system. So maybe you're a teacher and uh, you participate in systems that uh, involve awarding points for children who are reading books and uh, so that they can collect points and win rewards for reading books as they're learning how to read. Well, what does that do? It pits children against each other um, and, and it directly undermines the kind of cooperative system that children from many other cultures learn at home and, and says that culture, that way of being that you learned in your culture is not valued here. Competition is valued here. Um, and if you want to do well, if you want to get ahead, then you need to get on board with that competitive approach. Um, if you are teaching at any level at all, have you evaluated your curriculum through an anti-racist lens? You know, even if you're at the university level, are you looking at the contributions that black people have made in your field? And are you teaching that uh, alongside all of the contributions that the much better known uh, white inventors, um, scientists, whoever has, has made in that field? If you're in government, how are the policies that you are creating helping to perpetuate the system? Or how are they helping to break those systems down? If you're in business, does your business incorporate anti-racist principles? Um, are you actively working to lift up all people? I will say that I have been searching for a number of months now for a consulting company to help me look at embedding anti-racist principles into my business. So if you're watching this and, and you work for somebody who does this, or you know of a company that does this, I know there are many companies that do it for multinational businesses. Um, I am not aware of anyone who is yet doing it on a, on very small scale. I'm very interested in piloting something around that if somebody wants to develop an offering that can be taken to many small businesses. So, um, so, so this work needs to continue even though I'm no longer working at the consulting company, it still needs to continue within my own business. If you don't work outside of the home, if your work involves raising children, then um, then you still play a role. If your child is in daycare uh, or school, preschool, where whatever situation that they're in, how do you advocate for resources for your child? Do you look at policies at your preschool, daycare, school, uh, and and look at those through the lens of well, how does this benefit me, and how does this withhold benefits from other people? Uh, are the does this level the playing field? Does it help to lift up a group that has historically not been uh, able to access resources as well as the group that I'm a member of has been able to? 
Um, does your child come home after the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday and uh, think that, well, he made a speech about having a dream and, and there was this woman called Rosa Parks and she sat on a bus and, and now we're good. <laughs> Racism isn't a problem anymore. If your child is coming home with that kind of message, then there's some work to do here. And, and I would say if you're listening to this and thinking, well, that sounds exhausting to look at everything I do through that lens, then I would say, yeah, may, maybe it can seem like some extra effort, but it's not as much effort as being on the other end of these principles that are actively working against your existence, your right to uh, exist in this world. Um, and it is our responsibility as parents who have more privilege to examine our role in the system and to take steps to, uh, to break that system down to the extent that we can within our, within our particular role in it. And so um, I also want to link this idea to patriarchy because I think that it's in, it's it, this is all connected. <laughs> it's all connected because patriarchy uh, does three things. Firstly, it creates scarcity. It creates a scarcity of jobs. It creates a scarcity of money, of resources. And then it pits people against each other to vie for those resources. So um, I, I think a lot of parents who listen to the show feel a lot of pressure to give their children the skills they need to get ahead in life and to uh, to put them in the best daycare situation, the best school situation, so that they can get a job and a place at an elite university and get a job from there uh, at a white collar consulting company that, <laughs> that I, I used to work for uh, or an investment banking firm or something along those lines. And that when we're doing those things, we are contributing to the perpetuation of this system that that we are we're not seeing that this scarcity is in many ways artificially created as a way to keep us working against each other instead of working with each other and that's sort of the separate the second thing that patriarchy does creating separation it's saying it makes us say well we're different from them and, and I want those resources. I, I need my child to go to an elite university so that they can get ahead and have a better life than I had. And, and there isn't enough stuff for me and my family to have it and for them and their family to have it. And I need to make sure that my family has it. So I'm going to do everything I can for my child to get that and for their child to not get that. And, um, and we may sort of have this veneer of, well, everything's equal and everybody's the same, but at the end of the day, if we are advocating for resources that benefit our child in the way that they do not benefit all other children, then we are part of this system that is perpetuating this, this problem. Um, and then finally, uh, patriarchy creates powerless, sorry, powerlessness. And, and I think this is sort of a hypothesis of mine, but um, you know, we see that, that people who are supporting Donald Trump are angry and under, anger is always something that, that conceals other things underneath it. Anger is never the only thing that's going on. And very often what anger conceals is a sense of fear and maybe a sense of shame. And that, uh, that the people who are angry are scared underneath all of this. They're scared that they won't be able to feed their family or whatever it is that going, that's going on for them. And that they, because we have this, this, uh, these other elements of patriarchy where we're pitting each other, uh, we're being pitted against each other, um, they are seeing, well, if those people are being lifted up, 
then by default, I am not being lifted up. And uh, I need more and, and we can't both have more. So um, I, I think that for some parents who are listening to this, they may be thinking, well, you know, all of this is politics. It's all stuff that's going out in the on out there in the world, and this is not really connected to parenting. And that somebody who's talking about parenting doesn't have any business talking about politics. When I am coming to a certain place to get information about parenting, um, I want to just be able to get information about parenting and not have to deal with all the political stuff. Um, and and to, to those parents, I would say, okay, there's plenty of places where you can get that. And uh, increasingly, that is not going to be here in the Your Parenting Mojo community because this is directly connected to parenting. Adults use force to resolve conflicts that they're having because they learn this from their parents. And if you're thinking, well, I don't use force, I don't spank my kid, um, I, I'm not doing those things, then I would say, okay, then we need to take a closer look at what's going on. And, and again, I'm not pointing fingers at you here. I'm saying this is all of us. This is, this is me included. You know, sometimes we will sugarcoat our force. Uh, popular parenting advice says if your child uh, is being difficult and can't choose between uh, what they're gonna, you know, the suite of options of what they're gonna wear in the morning, then you give them two choices that you can live with both of them and, uh, and, and that that's, that's what they get to choose between. Or you, you have to brush your teeth, but we can use the pink toothbrush or the blue toothbrush. And at the end of the day, we're still applying force here. We're still saying, um, you're going to do this. <laughs> you are getting dressed. And, uh, and I'm going to make it seem like you have some choice by allowing you to pick between these two options. And I think that's a really key idea here, that if you are allowing the child to pick, then that's not really choice. It's the same as in school, where you're allowed to pick between two assignments the teacher has determined are acceptable, but um, you don't actually get choice in terms of what you're learning. Um, and we do this all the time. And, and I think it was in a conversation I had with Hannah and Kelty on the, of the Upbringing podcast where they were talking about having attended a Black Lives Matter protest and, and um, you know, everybody there is saying, fight the power, fight the power. And, and then they're getting home and it's time to, for the kids to go to bed and, and saying, well, you're going to brush your teeth now. And so if you're, if you're sort of in public having this fight the power message, but at home you're then forcing your child to do things against their will, then we are still perpetuating this same approach. Um, we're, we're still saying, I don't care about how you, how you feel about this. Um, we, we may even be early in the stage of uh, working through um, sort of a more peaceful parenting approach and we know that we're supposed to hear our children and we're supposed to validate their feelings. And then so often what I see is the parents will then jump to a solution and say, well, this is what we're going to do. I, I hear that you're frustrated um, and, and this is how we're going to do it. Uh, and so then they wonder, well, a lot of times questions will come up around, well, my child won't engage in problem solving with me. And they just walk away or they just say, no, 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 I'm not listening. Or, oh, I just don't care or something like that. And, and, and the child has learned that they have no power in this interaction, that it's going to seem like they have some power, but actually they have no power. 
So um, I, I think sort of the bigger thing that, that I want to convey here is, is that we're going to be exploring these ideas more and more uh, here on the podcast and in other places that I'm active. We're not leaving the research behind. Uh, we're still going to be taking a very research-based approach to understanding uh, what's going on with our children. But increasingly, we're going to be questioning the system that the research sits within and saying, well, how do we know that this is even the right question to ask? How do we situate this and and what would what would happen if we instead of asking this question about this particular aspect of child development um, within the framework of patriarchy can we step outside that for a minute and look out and say well what if it what if actually we didn't think of children as needing to separate from their parents at a certain age how would that affect how we see the child's development and so we're increasingly going to be looking at those things and so if, if this isn't for you, if, if you're not on board with this and, and you want straight parenting advice and, and unbiased research, which we'll, we'll have a conversation about that coming up in a few months, then, um, then, then you're probably going to want to start getting your parenting advice elsewhere. Um, if you are interested in participating in this work with me, then welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. Um, and, and what can you do? You, you may be thinking, well, what can I do? Well, um, I have a, an article, a blog post that is on 39 actions that parents can take on issues related to racial justice. That's again linked at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash race. Um, another thing you can do is um, my local chapter, the barrier chapter of uh, showing up for racial justice is an organization that has action hours. Uh, I think they happen in January. They're certainly doing it twice a month. Um, where you show up for an hour and you're in a group with about 800 or so people, depending on how many people are, are there in that particular call. You do small breakout groups of three or four people just to introduce yourself and, and say why you're here and get a flavor for the kinds of people who are on the phone. And then for the rest of the time, uh, the moderators have already decided what action is going to be taken in that period. And you are uh, writing emails, signing petitions. It's all done for you. All you have to do is doing the thing. You don't have to think about uh, what do I need to do? Okay, where do I find the resources? Everything that you need is provided. And you spend the rest of that hour with those other 800 people participating in doing real meaningful action from your couch or your desk or wherever you happen to be. And, and you can spend an hour doing that and actually start taking steps to work on dismantling these systems. And, and so that's, that's kind of the key thing here is yes, we need to be talking with our children. We need to be having these conversations with our children. And also we need to be uh, understanding our role within this system and then taking action based on our understanding of that role, using the platforms that we have, like I'm here on this platform talking to you right now, to uh, to take action on this. And so, um, so kind of other ways that you can participate, if you want to sort of continue the conversation on this, I would invite you to join the free Your Parenting Mojo Facebook group. Um, I, I do want to say I am not an expert on this. Um, patriarchy says that if you are going to speak up about something, you'd better be an expert. Uh, you'd better, you, you mustn't show emotion. You're, you're supposed to present things in a, in a logical, factual-based way. And, and I'm going to tell you straight up, I, I'm afraid right now. I, I am afraid. Um, I've put out a lot of episodes on issues related to race, and I lose subscribers after I put them out. I get emails after I put them out. 
um, of people who are not happy with the way that I have chosen to engage in this. Um, I do not have all the answers on this. If I did, I would, <laughs> uh, we, you know, this wouldn't be a problem anymore because we would just fix this situation. But, but nobody has all the answers. I don't have them all. You don't have them all. But I want to be in community with people who are working to figure it out as well. And so if you want to be in community with me, then please come and join us. Um, I, I really kind of feel as though I'm, I'm taking a bit of a risk here <laughs> by publishing this fairly broadly because I am a conflict avoider. Um, I, I have taken the strengths finder assessment and four of my top five strengths are related to learning, which is why I enjoy spending so much time on research. And my fifth strength, my fifth strength as it were is harmony, which basically means that I am happy to engage in a constructive, deep conversation about these issues. But if I feel attacked, that is extremely scary for me. And so, um, so I am putting myself out there and I'm saying, you know what, I am afraid. I am afraid of what could happen uh, based on putting this out and I'm gonna do it anyway because the implications of not doing it are not something that I want to live with. Um, I would rather put this out there and be afraid than, uh, than sit on it and have something to say and not say anything. So um, it, so if you want to get in touch with me, <laughs> the Facebook group is the best way to do that because it allows conversation to happen and I will moderate that and I will be in that conversation to the extent that I can. Um, if you email me, I'm sorry, I will probably not have time to respond. If you want to email me with messages of support, I would say first, spend some time doing some anti-racist action. If you still have some time left over after that and you want to email me with a message of support, then thank you. Um, please know that I, I read them all and I'm grateful for them uh, and I may not have time to acknowledge it or respond. Um, I do also receive messages uh, of people who strongly disagree with my approach and who are, shall we say, not constructive uh, in, in the way that they present their opinion. And if you email me with uh, something that uh, denigrates me in some way um, or is is not constructive in, in terms of contributing to the conversation, then I will do two things. Firstly, I will donate $5 in your name to the NAACP, um, which is an organization that pr promotes the, the well-being of uh, colored people, as, as it says in the acronym, but black people, people of color. Um, and the second thing I will do is I will publish uh, the, the comment that you send to me. Uh, I will screenshot it and publish it so that uh, as, as a way of saying, please don't say something to me in private that you wouldn't say to me in a public setting. So um, so if you are interested in, in being in community with me in this work, I, I am extending my open arms to you to say, please come along, join, join the free Facebook group if you're not in it already. If you're watching this in the group, then I'm so glad you're here and I'm looking forward to talking with you. And, and, and let's move onward. Let's talk with our children. Let's assess where we are, what our role is in this, and let's take action because there's so much work to do and I'm so glad to be here with you and doing it with you. Thank you so much.